Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Now Joshua made the second attempt to subdue the city of Ai. And this time, with God's help, he was successful. And the people which lived on this side of Jordan heard of Israel's victories, and their kings allied themselves with one another to fight together against Israel. But the ruler of Gibeon had another plan. With Jericho and Ai both taken and destroyed by Israel, it's obvious that we're next. Uh, if Jericho and Ai couldn't stand against Israel, what hope have we in Gibeon? <sighs> Unless we join the alliance, we're finished. I don't have much faith in alliances. Treacherous friends are worse than honest enemies. Yeah, but what do you propose to do? Oh, surely you're not thinking of giving up without a fight? The sword is not always the best weapon. Well, I don't understand. Then listen carefully. Here's what we must do. Joshua, 
There's some travelers to see you. Oh, I'm busy working out a plan for the capture of Gibeon. I think you should talk with them, Joshua. They've come a long way. It may be important. Oh, all right, Joram. Bring them in. Yes, sir. Oh, how Moses stood the life of a leader for 40 years, I'll never know. <laughs> never a moment's peace. First it's this, then that. Now it's a bunch of travelers. This way. Joshua will talk with you now. But only for a few minutes, he's very busy. Uh, greetings, Joshua. It's a great honor to be received by such a renowned man as you. Greetings, greetings. What brings you to the camp of Israel? We have come as ambassadors representing our people. Oh, what people? We came from a far country. We came because we have heard of the mighty deeds done by your God. We marveled at how he brought you out of Egypt and preserved your people in the wilderness. We learnt of your great victories over King Sion and King Og of Basin. Mm, I'm sure you haven't come here simply to congratulate us. Uh, you have a keen mind as well as a keen sword, Joshua. We have come because we wish to make an alliance with Israel. An alliance? Well, how can we be sure that you're men of truth? That you come from a far country, not from some place in Canaan? Oh, sir, look at this bread. See how moldy and dry it is? We took it fresh and hot from our ovens the day we left our country. Mm. It's molded because we've been so long on the way. Oh, what do you think, Joram? The bread is certainly moldy. Uh, and, and look at these wineskins, sir. They were new when we left home, but they are now torn. And our clothes. Look how shabby the long journey has made them. Would they look like this if we'd merely come from a place close by? Uh, and our shoes, how cracked and worn the leather is. Oh, very well. We will make an alliance with your people. Uh, will you swear? a formal oath by your God? The princes of Israel and I will swear by the Lord our God to make peace with you and let you live. Three days passed. Toward evening of the third day, Joram, Joshua's lieutenant, happened to pass the tent wherein the travelers were resting. Stunned by the very first words he overheard, he stopped to listen to what else they might say. <laughs> I can't get over what a benighted fool that Joshua is. I mean, what man in his right mind would believe our story? <laughs> the, way, the way he fell for that business about the moldy bread. <laughs> yes. And the old wineskins and the cracked shoes. Uh, but there's only one thing that bothers me. Oh, what's that? Well, they're bound to find out sooner or later that we're from Gibeon. And then what? But that's the beauty of my whole scheme. Joshua and the Gibeon. And then what? But that's the beauty of my whole scheme. Joshua and the princes of Israel swore an oath by their God to make peace with us. You witnessed the ceremony yourself. Yes, but I... Don't, don't you see? They swore by their God to treat us as allies. So, when they find out that we're from Gibeon... They won't be able to do anything about it. Mm, I'm sure they'll hang us and destroy the city. <laughs> Nonsense. These people are so afraid of their God, they won't dare to lay a finger on us. Well, I hope <laughs> you're right. Full of rage over the way the Gibeonites had tricked Israel, Joram ran and told Joshua the whole story. Those Gibeonites. The very thought of how they deceived us makes my blood boil. I say we hang their ambassadors and march out to destroy their city. Ah, uh, if it were only that simple. But the princess and I swore an oath by the we're Lord. We're not bound by it. They lied to us. We swore to let them live. We swore by the Lord. Surely you're not going to let them get away with it. We'd be the laughingstock of all Canaan. No, I'm not going to let them get away with it. Get an armed guard. 
and bring them here. Yes, sir. What is the meaning of this, Joshua? Why this armed guard? We are allies. We, you tricked uh, us into making an alliance with you. You're Gibeonites. Well, what if we are, Joshua? You swore a solemn oath. We swore to let you live. That's all. Uh, what are you going to do with us? You deceived us and lied to us. You're accursed. We will keep our promise to let you live, but you shall become slaves. You're slaves? It is just... To be slaves is better than death. So be it. And Joshua made the Gibeonites hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord, even unto this day. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. world. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
makes me wonder if I can trust anybody. I heard my dad saying that people in big companies are just out to make money, even if they have to cheat their customers. And that leaders of countries hurt their people so they can live in big mansions. And I even heard a story about some parents who hurt their own children. How sad is that? Well, we can't stop trusting people, can we? I don't think so. We need to learn stuff in school, buy things at the store, and live in our houses. I mean, my mom and dad would never hurt me, would they? Remember what the preacher said last week in church? He said that the only person we can trust for sure is God. He would never hurt us or make us sad. So? Well, if someone loves God, that means that that person is trying to be like God. You know, someone who's kind and trustworthy. Well, our parents love God, so I think we can trust them. And some other parents may not believe in God, but they're trying to live honest, kind lives. So I think we can trust them, too. I see what you're saying. We can trust people who are honest and kind, whether they believe in God or not. But if someone isn't living like God wants us to live, you know, being selfish, mean, dishonest, we really shouldn't trust them. The pastor also said that trusting God is good for your health. We feel more peaceful and happy. We feel like we've got a friend even when everyone else is mean to us. I guess there is something in this world we can trust God. That's so good to know. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
you want to be really happy, just live by my rules. Stephen was asleep. He was having an afternoon nap. Ruth was asleep too. She was having her nap. But she soon wakened and went outdoors. She went to the sandbox. She played in the sand for a while with her little blue pail. Johnny was having his nap too, and June was having her nap. Johnny soon wakened. He ran outdoors. He ran across the street. He ran to the sandbox. I am going to play with you, he told Ruth. Mother said I could. So Johnny and Ruth made roads in the sand. They made big piles of sand in a corner of the box. After a while, Johnny said, I don't like to make piles of sand. I don't like to make roads in the sand. But I like to do it, said Ruth. Johnny looked all around. He saw the birds playing in the bird bath. He saw the little birds drinking the water in the bird bath. He heard the little birds singing. I like to make the birds fly, he said. My new mama says we must not make birds fly, Ruth told him. Frady, Frady, teased Johnny. He ran to the bird bath. Then Ruth ran to the bird bath to see what Johnny was going to do. The little birds flew up into the trees. They did not sing. Let's put sand in the bird bath, said Johnny. So Johnny and Ruth carried pailfuls of sand and filled the bird bath with sand. They did not see Daddy standing in the garage door. They did not see Daddy watching them. Then Daddy came over to them. 
Johnny, said Daddy, didn't you know that the birds need water to drink when it is so warm? Johnny did not answer. Didn't you know that the birds need to bathe in the water when it is so warm, he asked. Still, Johnny did not answer. Ruth, do you like to drink water when it is so warm, he asked. Yes, Daddy. The little birds like to drink water, too. Do you know that they cannot get a drink when the bird bath is full of sand? Yes, Daddy, answered Ruth. And do you remember I told you not to put sand in the bird bath, asked Daddy. Ruth nodded her head. Johnny slowly nodded his head also. Now you must carry all this sand back to the sandbox, Daddy told them. He filled Johnny's little pail with sand. He filled Ruth's little pail with sand. Ever so many times he filled the little pails with sand they had put in the bird bath. Ever so many times Ruth and Johnny emptied the sand in the sandbox. It seemed much harder work than filling the bird bath with sand had been. Then Daddy filled the bird bath with water. The little birds came back. They drank the water. They played in the water. They sat on the edge of the bird bath and sang. Daddy and Ruth and Johnny watched the little birds drinking and singing. They are singing, thank you, for the water. Do you know that Jesus wants us to be kind to the little birds? They are his little birds, said Daddy. Are they really Jesus' little birds, asked Ruth. They really are Jesus' little birds, just as you are my little girl now, Daddy told her. Then I will not put sand in the bird bath again, Daddy, promised Ruth. I will not put sand in the bird bath again either, said Johnny. I will help you put water in the bird bath for them. I did not know they are Jesus' little birds. The story you've heard today was first published as part of the Vacation Bible School program in the book God's World by the Review and Herald Publishing Association and the General Conference Sabbath School Department. If you are interested in any other products published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.